what I see in people at times in my life as well, that when I held back my truth for the sake of seeking approval and keeping the peace, later when the truth came out, that other person really did have to rethink the relationship and or one of us decided this isn't working. We This relationship is not compatible. I'm not aligned. And, you know, that's a lot harder to do when you've invested more time and energy and sometimes financial resources. What a benefit it can be to find that out early on. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Relationships. Let's talk about it. And in this episode, Approval Seeking in Relationships, I have a conversation with a returning guest and colleague, Trish Kruger. We talk about aspects of approval seeking in relationships, the underlying worry and anxiety in approval seeking, being authentically generous from a place of a healthy sense of self as opposed to seeking approval. We also talk about how resentment and other indicators of an unhealthy approval seeking shows up in relationships. We dive into the difference between a reflected sense of self and a strong sense of self. Sometimes how power differentiation and seeking approval can be a matter of survival and how and when approval seeking becomes detrimental in relationships. And most of all, self-soothing and self-care in the face of rejection. We all know how this shows up in different ways in our relationships, so it's a good one to contemplate. So Trish Kruger is a colleague. She is a licensed clinical mental health counselor here in Asheville. Her focus with therapy includes solution-focused behavior therapy, mindfulness, and person-centered thinking. So if you want to learn more about Trish, you can go to my show notes. Okay, everybody, here we go. Approval-seeking in relationships. Let's talk about it. All righty, Trish, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, thanks so much for wanting to do this again, mm-hmm. and especially this topic of approval-seeking. That caught your eye, huh? Yes, it did. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. You know, I did a, a podcast a few months ago on people-pleasing, and this kind of kind of segues with people-pleasing, but I think there's a, another element with relationships of, of seeking approval, and I'm looking forward to diving into it with you. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. So for you and in, in your life and the work as a counselor, what do you see as some of the main issues with people around when seeking approval becomes detrimental because we're going to also talk about where that's a mainstay of life. We're human beings. You mm-hmm. know, we want other people to like us. There's a way of survival and how we walk in the world. There's a certain measure, but mm-hmm. there's a tilt and there's a little bit of tilt where it's not healthy. Where, where do you see that? Yeah. I think, you know, as we were talking about it earlier, it really, helped me think through this question a little more. There's a sense of, of, I guess, a feeling that I help people come to when they are grappling with, let's say, you know, if a relationship is healthy or not, or am I out of line by wanting my partner or my kids or whomever to see my view and agree with me, you know, And, and is that seeking approval or is that healthy relationship? And really boils down to because every situation is unique that there's a kind of an inner check-in that I I myself do and encourage people to do and it's almost like getting out of the intellect and into your your body's um sensations um the the feelings language so 
Yeah, I think the tipping point is when we feel constricted, heavy, you know, sometimes even our immune system is, you know, we're getting sick more. Those are kind of indicators that we've tipped the scale and we're we're doing too much approval seeking and not enough, uh, you know, honoring our our authenticity and being in our own integrity. Mm, Yeah, because I think when approval seeking is detrimental, there's aspects of underlying worry underlying Mm -hmm. resentment, Mm -hmm. um, anxiousness. And if we're not registering that in our body, am I making these decisions to avoid all of those things? As opposed to, we use the term, being a generous partner in the way of uh, the generosity to be able to authentically give. So um, authentically being generous, which means if I'm going to want to not seek approval in the sense, but give myself, I'm giving it from a healthy sense of self instead of a depleted sense of self, which is usually the seeking of approval. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Well put. Yeah. And what really stood out too, what you just said about the word resentment is a big indicator. Of course, resentment comes with a bodily feeling and a sensation. You know, the behavior that is indicated when there's resentment is usually criticism of your partner or a pulling away, uh, stonewalling, you know, those kinds of things. And I, I often will tell people when, when you're in resentment, resentment equals unmet expectations. So if you're, if you're seeking approval and you have these expectations that this person's going to give it to you and they're not, resentment builds. And that's another way, another indicator that the scales have tipped. Yeah. And I think part of that is knowing the basis to this, I think, from my understanding myself and the work that we do is around self-esteem, self-worth. Mm-hmm. So when we're marred in our low sense of self, then we are going to be seeking approvals more. I mean, it's really in, in some level of like getting getting good at, at rejection in some mm-hmm. way. If I know the things that I'm doing or the things that I'm making decisions on are good for me or aligned with me, that has to come from a a sense of self. And we talked earlier that one author and therapist, he's also a a sex therapist, his name is David Schnarch, who wrote a book called uh, Passionate Marriage. And he deals a lot with enmeshment and differentiation, which I've talked a lot in the podcast. But he uses a terminology of, of reflected self instead of a a strong sense of self and a reflected sense of self would be me needing to know myself more from your point of view, from your validation, from your eyes. And I think many people walk around with a more reflected sense of self, constantly wanting approval. We see it in social media all the time with, you know, the amount of how many likes did I get for this picture and reading all of the, oh, you look beautiful, you look beautiful. And that sense of a reflected sense I may feel really shitty about myself, but because people have told me how great I am, that's maybe who I should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that terminology. That really helps understand, you know, a lot of this stuff. And I think we just got that as we were sitting in your beautiful yard and <laughs> having some churning of these ideas that there's so much intricate concepts and awareness that come from this subject of seeking approval. There's a matter of survival. So, you know, like we talked about, there's there's some whole classes of people that, that are going to be more prone to seeking approval because it's a matter of survival. It's, I think, really important for us to understand that there may be times that seeking approval, you know, the benefit of that outweighs not seeking approval if it means this is going to help me survive. But the key is the awareness that I'm using this as a tool right now. I'm going to seek approval from my boss, for example, to, you know, I, I don't feel like this is my truth necessarily to do this task. If I had the choice, I wouldn't, but I'm seeking approval because it's got a bigger benefit. As long as I know I'm doing it for that and I don't lose myself in the approval seeking, then, you know, I can stay in integrity. Yeah. Because I think that's the hard part to know what is that difference. And it usually comes with power differentiation. Mm-hmm. So in a work environment, there is power differentiation. An employee might be seeking their employer's approval in order to stay 
in their job. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about with sports, you know, athletes seek the approval of fans and, and coaches in, in some sense. But if it's aligned more in the integral aspect of doing that and not constantly compromising, because I know for me, if I didn't live my truth in a certain way in the corporate world and be able to speak my mind, I, would, I, I had to get out. Mm-hmm. So I know that there was a balance of, of that. But I think it comes because being in my own private practice, I, I, I don't work for anybody. So as we talked about, I could I could write whatever fuck I want on my bio mm-hmm. and I don't care, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but one sense of that is I already am established 18 years of a practice. I have an established clientele. Did I do that starting off? No, you know, mm-hmm. starting off, I want to kind of dazzle people a little bit and let them know all the things I studied and so forth. I don't need to do that anymore. So I think different phases of our lives that we may seek approval for certain aspects of survival, but knowing that we're doing it and then seeing how much that we are in integrity around that is so important. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. And, you know, you're bringing up this power differential and that, that of course, then makes relationships that are meant to be reciprocal. Okay, now that's different. Now, if we find ourselves tipping the scales and seeking too much approval, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about like validation, healthy validation versus fear-based seeking approval. But, you know, we, we, we acknowledged that as human beings, we're never going to get a, to a place where we're 100% never seeking approval. It's part of our human experience. But in these reciprocal relationships, like, a, a, you know, a partnership, it's just very important that we really learn how to notice when we're seeking approval. And maybe even the next level is noticing when our partner is and, and, and being open and discussing that and talking how, how do we together be in authenticity and integrity? How do we help each other do that? That's what partnership is about. We're here doing this thing in, in life together. Let's help each other. Right. Because sometimes in partnerships, there is a partner that's more seeking approval Mm-hmm. There might be one that's more in the authentic generosity mm-hmm. that's really coming from the sense of their power and they get fueled by giving themselves. And that might wane. Sometimes that person who is more generous authentically, sometimes they're also seeking approval. But when you have two people coming from the deficit of constantly seeking approval, that's where I think it gets really marred because. It's really not understood. We're constantly trying to be fed by the other person by seeking their approval, and it's not becoming authentic. And we're walking on eggshells then in that way. And just like, you know, we brought that up when somebody says, even in a partnership, so how are you? How are you feeling? If one person is, well, I'm not going to rock the boat because I don't want to get rejected. I don't want to have the other person angry at me. I'm going to just tell them everything's fine to seek their approval that everything's fine. And I know that everything's not fine. It's going to come out. It's going to come out passively, aggressively, sideways, or me constantly wanting to seek some level of approval and actually not believing when it comes because that low sense of self is going to come in there. Uh, when that person says, I love you, a yeah, low sense of self person and seeking approval might be thinking, nah, how could you do? No, you don't. You don't love me because of all these bad things or all these things that you did um, and said that I did. Mm-hmm. Or even if someone is being talking about this very thing, we both, we both, you know, kind of came to the conclusion that we're the kind of people that have been told by many of our family members and other people in our lives that we're too much. And so, you know, there's some some personalities that are more bold and more whatever, more out there that we tend to get that feedback from from some of the people that would like to keep things a little <laughs> underwater. So we learned as girls and young women to kind of walk on eggshells like, oh, I'm too much. So I have to I have to like hide part of myself to not be too much. Well, of course it didn't work. <laughs> so we've now we're kind of in our 50s and we're we're starting to be in that part of life where we are able to be a little more authentic um just based on our life experience and and our being established and understand that if there's relationships where we are too much then that's that those relationships just aren't meant for us. There's nothing wrong. There's not right or wrong about how to be. It's finding the people we're aligned with so that we can be ourselves and then we're less apt to seek approval. Yeah, that's so important. 
that's where we segment into that aspect of what is it, what is healthy validation or not. If I'm with a partner, I'm not looking so much for the validation of her blowing me up in my self-worth. What I'm looking is to be validated for my experience, for my feelings, for my desires, for my experience. I'm not looking for the validation of who I am as a person so much. And I think that couples or people in partnership that are constantly looking for that and may not be getting that kind of validation, that's what people start looking for other people that they're going to feel more belonging to that is going to see them that way that, that will validate them of who they are. So I think there's a little difference in that aspect of validation when it comes to what's healthy validation and what's seeking approval in that way of validating ourselves with our, with our relationships. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I call that determining whether you're coming from it um, rooted in love or rooted in fear. So healthy Mm -hmm. validation is rooted in love. We need that. We're here as communal beings. We're meant to be in our tribe. And then in in doing that, we get that healthy validation. I see you. I see what what your experience is. And that helps, um, helps us feel understood. If it's fear rooted, you know, we're, we're grasping at it. And, and again, there's certain groups of people that are just are more susceptible to that. You know, people of color, um, women, people of, you know, minority sexual orientation have been less accepted. So they're seeking this approval in, in other ways in their life because they're just not getting it in the, let's say, mass media or the general cultural sense of things. So I think it's really important in this discussion to let, to really honor that there are some groups that inherently struggle with this more than others. Yeah, that's right. I think that that's really good to bring out that that there is that inherent imbalance just in our society. Mm-hmm. And boy, I don't know what the answer is to that to to make the playing field. I mean, that's going to be a transformation of human evolution. Yes. But I think in in again in some sense some of that is going to be us ourselves knowing when when we're doing that our own integrity i think it's just really important for us to get that feeling sense of when we know that we're really compromising our sense of self than if we're doing it because of certain circumstances i remember you know when i'm working throughout the week and on the weekends i love downtime like i just love my downtime not making plans and I have a wife that is a doer. She loves mm. doing projects and she loves, you know, that kind of activity. And for many years, I felt that the projection was that I was being lazy. You know, mm. people, you know, you don't want to do these things, that you're being lazy. And I remember, like, I, I was seeking her approval in some sense of when I was doing some things. Instead of saying, hey, babe, you know what? I'm busting my butt all week long with focus and attention I really just need to have this downtime to regenerate. And if, and when I felt that, when I was able to really say that, not from a, a resentful standpoint or anger standpoint, but like, I know myself, I know that this is what I need. Her perception of me shifted. It was kind of when I questioned myself or thought, well, I should be that kind of partner that shows up the way that my partner wants me to on the weekends and so forth. And that sense of self, again, really shifted when I was embodied in it, as opposed to the shoulds be, yes. how should I be in this relationship? And that's where the the, the approval seeking really gets, that's going. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's really interesting. I, it makes me think of this um, awareness I've had around, you know, like fear. When we're fear-based, we actually bring that a fear-based response from other people. So if we're, like you said, if we're, if we're coming from that, we're kind of almost like we're off balance. Like I think of a tree that doesn't have a solid root structure, a big wind comes along, it's going to fall over. So it, but if it's deeply rooted, it's going to be strong against that wind. So that to me is what fear is like in relationships. You know, someone else's, let's say their judgment or their, you know, their agenda, it might not even be a judgment, just like, you know, your wife has this agenda to get these projects done because that's her love and that's what is inspiring to her. But, you know, this wind comes along and you're, if you're like, oh, I should be doing this, you're easily shaken. But when you got rooted in your truth, you were solid, that was able to then elicit this response from her. Oh, I see into you. Now I see you. Yeah. 
I had this experience maybe about 20 years ago or so when we lived in Boulder, and I, I might have told this on another podcast, but I like this story, so I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> but there was a time when I was trying to really experiment with my clothes, and one part was a little bit seeking approval because, you know, my wife, how she's so uh, creative and colorful, yeah. and, and I wasn't, you know, when we first met. And so she ended up making me, I call it Prince-like clothes. They were orange velvet pants, <laughs> like genie type pants, real baggy, and an orange velvet vest, and an orange velvet, uh, velvet Prince-like hat, you know, like a cap. So we were living in Boulder at the time, so I wanted a little bit of a approval of like, yeah, I can, I can wear this, you know? Uh -huh. And so I wore it down Pearl Street Mall, which is you yeah. walk outside, right? And I'm starting walking outside by myself and I can hear people that are sitting outside in the outdoor restaurants all of a sudden, you know, starting to make fun of me. Go, look at this guy. Look at this. Look at this idiot. And they're going on and on. And I went, holy shit. And I started shrinking inside myself. Mm. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? I looked down and went, oh my God, am I an idiot? And it, right at that point, there was a guy that was homeless that I befriended many, many months before. His name was Michael. And he, he woke up dead in the afternoon and looked at me and he went, Prepo, man, you look terrific. And he gave me this big <laughs> hug. And I was like, oh, Michael, oh. man, thank you. And I felt it inside myself. All, mm -hmm. Maybe I, need, I got his validation, obviously. But, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden I started getting rooted again. When I started getting rooted and started walking, people then came up to me and they started complimenting. Oh, my God, where did you get this? When my sense of self internally shifted. Yes. At first I was fragile. But once it shifted, and I was thinking, what the hell they have? That's what have you got? Something against orange? That's all it is. <laughs> it's a freaking orange, you know. But it was an interesting lesson for me about the sense of perception within my grounded self, as you said, how that now reflects outside of people. Because we can feel somebody's truth when they're when they're rooted in it. Mm -hmm. When somebody's shaky, our human antennas want to fuck with it. God, that's so, that is right on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's built in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it makes me think of um, something I, I thought of when I was pondering this subject this, this weekend, that when we're in periods of transition, it's, it's a shaky time, right? Because we're kind of like, you know, shed our old skin and we're coming into this new skin, this new chapter of our lives. So we're, we're like, not so sure what we're doing. And it, like the prime example is when we go through puberty, we can we start out as this kid and then we, we literally morph with this hormonal change happening and we, you know, change so drastically in such a short period of time. And, you know, during that tween stage, we often, you know, think of these kind of awkward people with long limbs, but maybe their trunk hasn't grown yet. Or for me, like my size 10 feet grew before I got tall and I look like I had elephant feet. <laughs> so we're just, we're going to be shakier during those times. And then again, that's a time we're more apt to fall into seeking approval and, you know, honoring that, 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 that is part of the human experience. When we're in transition, we are a little shakier, not so grounded, and we're going to be looking outside of us going, well, how do I fit in here? And how do I be in this new skin? How do I have this new aspect of myself? How does it fit into the world? And so there might be this period of seeking approval. And then, and then, you know, the healthy then transition would be, Okay, now I kind of understand this and I'm I'm getting my feet solid. I'm getting myself. I understand myself. That's when, you know, hopefully we 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 wane from the seeking of approval and we go more toward healthy validation in our relationships and being able to stand in our own self even if we were in an orange print suit walking yeah. down Pearl Street. That's right. <laughs> well, I think that you know what you said is so grounded in the awareness that a lot of that starts in childhood. The seeking approval starts with, you know, it, it's part of the survival. Yeah. A child needs, if, if they're not seeking approval in some way from their parents, they're not going to be taken care of. They're not going to be fed and so forth. So on that level, that's how the brain is shaped. You mm -hmm. know, the child is seeking approval from, from the parents. So from a parent standpoint, we've got to be really cognizant of how we're feeding in that of unhealthy validation or, or healthy validation. So you're a parent. Anything come up around being a parent 
and seeking approval for decisions that you've made with your kids from other people, the solidness of knowing, hey, I don't know if this is the right decision, but it's a decision that I'm going with because it's in my gut. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have two kids and they're two different genders. They're two different sun signs. You know, they're two very different people with two different experiences, of course. And um, and I was a single mom for much of my parenting. So that added a layer, too, of, um, you know, people wanting to, I think, help by, you know, just really with good intentions to be helpful gave a lot of advice. And I believe in the philosophy of it really, truly does take a village to raise a child. Yeah, I, I mean, my journey has been so much around this topic of how to assess, am I seeking approval right now because someone else said, hey, I think this is what your son needs or this is what your daughter needs. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, maybe even the the books might say that that's the right thing. I mean, these are even therapists that have made you know suggestions or guided me in directions that ultimately ended up not being the right path. Um, so sometimes I just I, I, I was able to come to the awareness, and again, this is through this perception, almost the feelings language of the body, when things felt wrong, and I really looked at it. It's like. You know, even though this sounds good on paper, it's just not right for this particular time with this particular, you know, me and this particular human being who happens to be my child. So I'm going to do it this other way. And then, wow, this, I feel expansive. I feel a knowing this perception through my body's feelings language. This is the right thing for me right now. And that can be hard. I mean, that's a big area of seeking approval. I think especially for our, our Gen X um, people, we we tended to really give a lot to our kids and um, try to, you know, be the everything for them. Um, maybe because many of us were latchkey kids and didn't have our parents around just by the nature of what was going on in our culture. So, you know, we get judged if we're not doing enough, often unknowingly by our peers and by the media. So I think it's important for parents to to hear this message, you know, here and now. Let's change this cultural message that we can learn to honor what is right for these unique individuals. And it can be very different, you know, and, and that's that's hard because then you've got one child who may perceive you're doing more for my sibling and now I'm mad at you and and if we're rooted in our truth and we are able to talk to that child who's feeling resentful, like we said earlier, they're going to feel, if I'm deep rooted, they're going to feel that different than if, oh, I, well, gosh, do I need to make this kid now feel okay? And what can I do to make you feel better? Well, maybe I'm going to even change how I'm dealing with this other kid and then that's damaging for them. And it can be a very vicious cycle. Yeah. Because that comes up a lot with parents about seeking their approval of their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, if whatever decisions that we're making that we really feel is aligned with our value system, but our kids don't, you know, how much of it are we able to, again, be with the presence of disappointment, mm-hmm. be with the presence of, of frustration or anger yes, um, and not withdraw from that? Because I think that's the part of healthy attachment, which we'll probably talk about, is how can we stay healthily attached with disappointment with frustration not to avoid not to deny but to really be present within ourselves because i know there's time there was times where when i would make a decision whether it was parenting or even in my relationship if i really knew that this was the decision that i thought was healthy for me therefore also healthy for my relationships i had to stay with the unknown if it didn't present itself right in the moment hopefully it was going to present itself later on in a transformation. And I had to trust that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I call it trust yourself and trust your life's path. So it's kind of like, you know, trust your path as a parent, trust your path, your kid's path. There's a trusting of what's coming ahead since it's not so present with me right now to feel that. So instead of seeking that approval right away, I got to mm-hmm. stay in that groundiness. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, that place of uncertainty can be... A really difficult place to be for the individual, you know, and then and even the people around them that love that person who's in the state of uncertainty. <laughs> they often get nervous too and like want to make you d- get the decision. And yeah, then we can end up forcing and pushing. And, and we know what happens when we force and push. Yeah. So 
around attachment, you brought it up in a conversation in, in the garden around how that has a big play in this, and it sure, surely does. Do you want to speak mm-hmm. to about attachment, some attachment styles, and how this shows up? Yeah, just in doing work around adult attachment styles, there's especially the book Attached um, by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. I often ask clients to read that. It's been one of the best books, I think, for the layperson to really understand that there are these different styles of the way we attach uh, to another human being, especially our primary partner, and that it is it is actually part of our central nervous system. This attachment system is part of our central nervous system. And in what I think is so cool is that this work that that's being done, you know, research around this, is their understanding that often we label just the normal seeking of healthy attachment as codependency. It's almost gotten too overly used, that word. And I, I know you brought up earlier, there's a, another way of looking at Healthy dependency is um, mutual, mutual dependency. dependency. Yeah. yeah. So so this book is, I think, starting to help correct that imbalance because certainly codependency exists and there's a there's valid times when that term is appropriate. But, you know, if there's a, a person who has an anxious attachment style, that person um, being aware of when their attachment system is activated because somebody is pulling away or not, you know, being in contact as much as they they like, um, that person unknowingly can start doing things to seek approval or even protest that behavior by pulling away, and that's um, maybe a backwards way of seeking approval, trying to get them to to hook them in. So anxious attachment styles can be a little more prone to, uh, it's that real obvious way of seeking approval. But then as we were discussing, the avoidant attachment style is a little bit, um, I think, more difficult to see. It's not as obvious, but the avoidant person, the person with an avoidant attachment style, let me restate that because it's it's different than just being avoidant a person, but the avoidant attachment style has learned that over time and, you know, maladaptive uh, traumas usually in life that they've come to this attachment style, but that if people depend on me too much or ask too much of me, then I'm at risk of not being safe in the world. So if I, if this person's leaning into me too much and trying to get my approval, I'm going to back away. And then that person loses the chance for true intimacy if they can learn healthy validation as opposed to pulling away or avoiding when someone's seeking approval, then their partnerships will ultimately get healthier and more meaningful to them. Yeah, it's right on. You know, because I think that that part of trying to find that sweet spot and what is healthy attachment, and I coined that a mutual dependency because there's an aspect in, in partnerships that we are going to depend on each other. We need to if we're going to be in partnership. But w- what's alivening for both people in that way? When we give, are we giving out of that abundance of giving into the relationship, that that third entity, the relationship, are we giving into that instead of the feeling of, I don't want to give into you, you know, because then I'm giving, I'm taking something away from me. But if I think about giving into the relationship, I'm taking care of the relationship. I'm not just giving a piece of myself to somebody else that I might not trust in certain ways. But if I'm giving it to the relationship, I'm trusting that I'm part of that relationship. So therefore, I'm giving a part to myself even in that. And I know that that's a little subtle, but that that aspect of abundance of giving, I know that I'm giving into the relationship, which is a part of me. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's just like having a savings account. We, we we kind of put that money in that we could use right then, maybe for something we love to have selfishly, but we're putting that in that that account and creating this entity of safety for our, for ourselves. That's, I mean, a relationship is such a big part of, of creating a beautiful life to have a healthy relationship that you've invested. And that can mean some sacrifice. But, you know, again, if it's rooted in love and not rooted in fear, then it's less about seeking approval and more about just making that conscious investment. Hmm. Yeah. And as therapists, we're going to stress this over and over again, but the, the, the basis of that 
love is self-love and yeah. it sounds kind of like a broken record but if we're not working on that on a daily basis of understanding ourselves you know i i don't think anybody in their first or second date start talking about you know i'm going to be you know announcing that i'm going to be a deep person that needs external approval you know <laughs> I, that's going to come out later on but if i know myself enough it'll be interesting to be able to be that authentic you know, I, I would love people that really meet each other instead of seeking approvals in that first couple of dates, you know, they, that they come out and really say, so what are the areas that, you know, you're really working on that you really want to wash away and that you need me to know. And if I knew that I would probably run, you know, and never see you again. <laughs> Can you tell me that part? Yeah. I don't think people usually do that on their first or second date, mm -hmm. but I think if we started doing that, that would be a foundational aspect of not seeking approval in that mm -hmm. way yeah good point at least on the third or fourth day yeah there you go <laughs> right and a lot of that that part that you're talking about seeked in love or is it seeked in in fear that's happening so much right now in our society and aspects of approval whether it's feeling a belonging to political parties or you know certain belief systems that we're having about how to have our freedom and open up our society or you know, the whole part of what's healthy with wearing masks and not. And we don't have to get into the all the details of that and our opinions, but one part of that is there's definitely a, an approval seeking mm -hmm. in that because if we don't do a certain thing, we might be ostracized. Mm -hmm. Somebody might think that I'm not a safe person if I have some of these viewpoints. And it's really getting exacerbated now Absolutely. Yeah, I chose, you know, talking about this with you on our in your podcast because... I've been grappling with it too. I, I am in a transitional point in my life. And then this pandemic situation on top of that's really led me to feel some on shaky ground and, and just all the different relationships I have, people's different viewpoints. How do I stand in my truth and, um, and still preserve relationships? There's some of this that's happening right now. People are losing relationships. They're standing in their truth and they're losing relationships. Um, and, I, you know, I guess what, what I came to is that sometimes we can choose to compromise our, our full beliefs for the benefit of preserving a very important relationship, which then allows for connection and, and, and health in that way. So this is just really an opportune time for people to to really refine how they want to move through life and, you know, that cost-benefit analysis of each of these choices, we're being thrown them like multiple balls at one time. It's like the, um, the automatic ball thrower mm -hmm. is going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we're like trying to catch them all. Like, what do I do with this? And how do I hit this one? And how do I stay at, at, in my truth? Yeah. And I think being transparent in that, like to know, if being in a relationship is a priority, can I still show up as authentically as I can be in that relationship? That's a, a that's a priority. I might make some decisions that are uh, negotiable within myself. Maybe it's a certain compromise, but the compromise is the relationship is what I want. Mm -hmm. Can I then show up in the relationship and 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 say a hard truth, mm -hmm. say something that? might be embarrassing or, you know, I heard this expression and, and, I, and I like it. I don't know how much reality, you should take risks every day, you risk losing your relationship every day for truth in some way. Mm. You know, so it's kind of like, okay, if you're not risking the possibility of losing your relationship mm -hmm. by speaking your truth, you're not really living authentically. And, uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of nuance around that, but there's times where I really think about, okay, you know, I really need to be authentic right now. And there's a possibility that my partner might not like it. Will she leave? I have a little more confidence that it's not going to be over one truth, you know, that I stay that she's off on. But can I risk that part of her distancing from me or going away? Can I risk some of the perceived bubble that might be a little bit of a facade mm -hmm. instead of speaking the truth so I can risk for the sense of authenticity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah, big one. It is. And often, you know, what happens when we when, when we don't speak that truth over time 
it builds up and eventually it's going to come out. I mean, we, we really, we're eventually going to have to come at least some into our truth. And I, what I see in people at times in my life as well, that when I held back my truth for the sake of seeking approval and keeping the peace, that later when the truth came out, that other person really did have to rethink the relationship and, and or one of us decided this isn't working. We This relationship is not compatible. I'm not aligned. And, you know, that's a lot harder to do when you've invested more time and energy and sometimes financial resources. What a benefit it can be to find that out early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how liberating it is, you know, to even know when we speak that truth, to know some of the consequences. But there's a liberation, I think, that happens when we're aligned. You know, you called it earlier, aligned with our integrity. Mm-hmm. And... I, I like to just even use the word alignment. When I know that I'm in alignment, there's a liberating feeling, even if there is, let's say, immediate consequences around that in the long term. Because it, it it also comes out in people having dysfunctional behavior, substance use, affairs. You know, if, if we're not aligned and, and speaking our truth, we're going to somehow get that satisfied. And if we're burying it, and bearing our feelings around it and so forth, then our decisions that we make around there are going to be, what's the word? It's not uh, so much radical, it's uh, reckless. It's mm-hmm. going to be pretty reckless because mm-hmm. we're not living in alignment. Most reckless decisions are because we're not in alignment and yep. in integrity. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And since we know substance addiction is on the rise and, you know, process addictions are on the rise such as, you know, shopping, gambling, relationships. Uh, it can even be an addiction. Um, the, I think it's an indicator that we we are a society where, the, you know, in, in some ways we have went so far over into approval seeking because of mass media. Uh, in this information age, we're getting blasted with things more than ever um, that, Yeah, I think that bringing this topic out and and really helping um, our clients and then, you know, you through this podcast are reaching more people. What a gift this is for people to really sit and be with themselves and, 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 you know, talk to the parts of themselves that are seeking approval. I love the the work with uh, internal family systems, it's called. It sounds like you're dealing with your external family, but it's really about dealing with your internal family, all these parts of us that we all walk around with. And there's a part that probably, like you said, it came from childhood that is is there with us that's seeking approval. If we let that part drive our decisions, then we're going to often will lead to things like addictions. But if we understand, oh, that part is present right now. Wow, I'm feeling this strong sense of seeking approval right now. Let me give compassion to that part of me. Let me give understanding to that part of me because that part of me is scared about something. What can? What am I scared of? How now? How me as the the core, true me, um, the higher self, me, whatever. There's many ways to call it. That that tr- um, central place in me. How can I help that part of me? Um, really help them feel safe. Yeah. I think that's so vital. You know, when people ask me, how do I get out of seeking approval? Well, one part is just practicing acceptance that at times that you will and times that you don't. Like that's a big part of our sense of Mm self-worth is to accept some of that aspect that even that at times I needed to do that because that was for my survival. Mm-hmm. And that what might have been a good decision. Maybe I don't need to continue to do that. I have different ways, but it's a natural tendency to want to be liked. We just got to be aware of it, of how now it's not serving us. And, you know, a lot of that part is understanding the stress and burnout and other issues that threaten our well-being. But practicing that acceptance is mm-hmm. a big one. Yeah. It makes me think of in, in grad school, one of my professors said, you know, at a time in in human history, which we all carry in our DNA, if you were rejected by your clan or your tribe, you were cast out, you often did die. And if you didn't die quickly, you lived a miserable existence. So we truly have to, you know, give our, we don't have to, but I hope for everyone that you'll give yourself compassion when you, when you get this sense of, wow, I'm really scared right now that I'm going to be rejected. I'm afraid. 
that my partner or my friend or, or whomever is going to um, not approve of me. That's a true fear. It's just like we keep saying, and I'll say it again. It's like, oh, I'm aware that that part is present right now. I can give myself, that part of myself, compassion. That is a scary thing to think about being cast out. And now we're not so much about, you know, being cast out is not a physical death, but it's it's like a character death. We can be cast out of our social group and be very lonely. Right. Yeah. And I think part of that too, to combat some of that is like avoid overthinking. Like I know for me, sometimes I have to avoid that part of me that thinks that I'm being maybe ostracized or judged because somebody hasn't returned my email that was mm -hmm. a little controversy for two days. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh, they must have really, oh, when I wrote that thing, oh my God, they're, they're, they're now judging me. And then I find out, oh no, you know, my computer went down for two days or I was actually on a retreat and, and couldn't get back to you. You know, it's like that part of how we overthink to protect right. ourselves. Or maybe they were even just taking time to really integrate what you've said because it did trigger them and, and maybe they wanted to take time to respond to you in a healthy way. Right, exactly. And so if I'm overthinking with low self-esteem as opposed to, hey, I got to let somebody have their experience mm -hmm. and um, hopefully I can be able to respond to their truth in a grounded way as opposed to trying to strategically think about whether I'm going to get rejected or not, or how to come back and defend myself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a that's a interesting lesson to yeah, also do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, it's a, it's interesting to me. You know, I'm in my mid fifties now, and I certainly have come great strides um, from going more toward healthy validation and less seeking approval, and yet. I still have that little girl part of me, that inner teenage part of me that rises up and says, oh, are they going to like me? Mm. <laughs> what will I do if I'm not liked? I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be home alone. It's just a human experience. So I've learned how to give myself a lot of compassion and then and then go find something that I do that I know I will love myself. Like if I go put my yoga mat out on my patio and stand in warrior for a while, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to feel really strong and be able to face that maybe maybe I won't be liked about a viewpoint I had or or something that I said or did, or maybe that would upset someone. And, and then I can face that rejection in a stronger way. But that's so vital, that part of us that I think when we, let's say, get rejected or don't get the validation from somebody else, we need to self-soothe. We need mm -hmm. to differentiate ourselves and say, well, maybe another connection with somebody else, I will feel that sense of myself. Or go do yoga or go self-soothe and go for a walk or go relax in the, in, in the garden. Let me take care of myself where mm -hmm. I expected the other person to take care of me in that way. And that's a fine balance to not reject the other person and say, I don't need anybody. I'm going to individuate so much mm -hmm. that I'll take care of myself as opposed to, I'm not I'm not getting that connection or healthy validation from you because you're not able or willing to give it. I'm going to give it to myself. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's so important that that we need to do in a healthy way. I agree. Absolutely. I usually help people make a list of, you know, their healthy coping tools or their their gift basket um when they're somehow dysregulated or out of balance what kind of things they can do. And, you know, some people will often start saying all these external things like, I'm going to talk to my partner, I'm going to talk to my friend. And then I say, great. And now what if those people aren't available? Now let's add those gifts to your basket or those tools to your toolbox. And, it, you know, sometimes that's harder for some people than others because they haven't really um, thought about it a lot. And some they haven't honed that skill to use that tool. So it really does take them more effort. And it's harder for them to accept when their partner's not available. And, you know, there's that is that balance. Like if your partner's not available over 50% of the time, then there's trouble with that relationship. If they're available, you know, eight times out of 10 and, and, and you are mad at them because they weren't available those other two times, then that's something for that person to, to look at. How do I hone more of my other gifts and tools? Right. And even in this, you know, um, the seeking approval, you and I know we're putting it out there. There's going to be some people that are going to resonate with this and 
thank us for doing that. There's other people that go, hmm, I didn't get anything out of it. I don't know what, what they're really saying. And I know I've had to go through that in my 135 episodes, you know, <laughs> of seeking approval of my audience. We were joking about how many times I look at how many downloads mm. that I've gotten instead of like, it's, it's not about the numbers. It's knowing that I put out what I can. Some people have been touched by it and benefit that. And, and so I think that's an interesting part about like, even, even like between us, I think we, we did good, you know, mm -hmm. like we don't have to seek that, that approval of we put it out there mm -hmm. and hopefully somebody finds a gem in, in what we said. Yeah. Yeah. That's my hope too. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for wanting to do this. I know that when this is, uh, maybe your third time yeah. coming back. Yeah, yeah. It is. And every time, you know, we put out some subjects and we're waiting to see ooh, which one has juice. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that we find the juice. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a juicy one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks for your patience. I know we tried to get together earlier and it didn't work, but we, we allowed the timing to it, flow. Yeah, absolutely. It's always in divine time. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Trish. Thank you. All right. Peace. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, before you go, thank you so much for listening. And I want to make sure that I give you a tool for shifting and changing approval seeking. As I mentioned in the podcast, one of the best ways is around working with your sense of worth and your self-esteem. One of the best ways to do that is to work on your self-appreciation. So I have a guided audio practice on self-appreciation. You can go to my website, prepo.com. It's about a 25-minute guided audio practice. Many people that have purchased it told me that they've listened to it several times and done the exercise, it, and it has really improved their sense of worth. And I'd also like to get a shout out for a few recent donations to support my podcast. I'd like to shout out to Sean in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Lindsay in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast with your donations. If any of you want to support the podcast in that way, you can go to my website, prepo.com, click on support the podcast and you can leave a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation and it is a great support to help get this podcast out to you i am sending you all lots of love lots of uh, focused energy on having compassion and self-compassion for yourself yeah this stuff about relationships isn't all easy but it is so enriching and so rewarding and heartwarming. So I wish you all that wonderful experience. And remember, peace begins at home. Okay, everybody, make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Toplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Mm -hmm.